a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And many of you have heard me talk about the first Wednesday of November. We always talk about the first Tuesday of November because that's when the election is held and how important that is. But I've always believed that the most important day is not election day, it's the day after. It's the first Wednesday of November because the sun comes up and we all go to work and we take care of our families and we make a difference in our community and the republic rolls on. Morning in America matters. And as we took a deep dive, obviously, a look back at the awful events of January 6th of last year, uh, I went back to see what, what was I thinking about on January 7th because that might be the more important date as we look at how we move forward as a nation. And so as I look back at some of the things that I wrote down last year on January the 7th, uh, I want to share some of those with you today. So in a week that was marred by an angry mob incited by the president of the United States and which breached the United States Capitol, uh, I found myself wondering if this is what reaping the whirlwind looks like. Uh, more importantly, I've, I've wondered you know, what are the conversations we should be having in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and in our communities? Because in such moments, I, I always look to principles and then the application of those principles by individuals first and then institutions and look at that in the lens of history. Because if you look at it from history standpoint, you can always find the beginning of better days to come. And so as I looked back, again, to the Thursday morning of last year, January 7th, uh, I found myself, uh, I was still kind of in the throes of the whole thing, physically, emotionally. Uh, I was pacing around in my office and home, and I was really kind of groping in the darkness of the previous day. I was just, I was grasping for, you know, what principles would mark the path forward uh, after such a day in our nation's history. And I, I found a few principles that I think are, are worthy of us looking at on this January 7th. Again, because morning does come. And the first thing I think we have to do is we have to take note. Uh, we have to take note to pause, ponder, reflect on questions like what happened? <laughs> How did we get to that place? Also important to look at what's my role? What's my responsibility? Because I firmly believe that an unexamined moment like this, even a year later, is to miss what may be transformational individually and for all of us together. Uh, we must also note, I think, and we'd be really wise to remember that nobody, and I mean nobody, who plants thistles in the spring is expecting to harvest fruit in the fall. 
And we should not think for a single solitary second that those who perpetually plant hate and contempt are expecting to reap love and kindness later. The nation should also take note of the timeless principles shared by two-time presidential candidate, former Illinois Governor Adlai Stevenson. Listen to this. He said, what counts now is not just what we're against, but what we're for. Who leads us is less important than what leads us, what convictions, what courage, what faith. I think that's important. We also have to take heart. Uh, I've mentioned it several times that perhaps the most important moment in the mayhem of January 6th occurred just six hours after the rioters in that angry, contemptuous rage brought the Congress and the people's business to a screeching halt. And it was that moment when the vice president gaveled in the Senate back into session. The republic rolled on. The representatives of the citizens continued to carry out their constitutional duties and do the work of we the people. The institutions of government held, our founding documents did not flinch, the principles that have fostered freedom here and abroad, preserved, and the Constitutional Republic of the United States rolled on. Uh, Ernest Renan, a 19th century French philosopher, wrote something really significant, I think, in The Morning After. He said, a nation has a soul, a spiritual principle. One is in the past, the other is in the present. One is the possession of a rich legacy of memories, the other is the desire to live together and to value the common heritage. It's that coming together and valuing those things that we do have in common. Now, the memory of a dark day in our nation's history will eventually give way to the enlightening confidence that the heart and soul and principles of America always carry the day. The heart of we the people continues to beat to the rhythm of freedom and liberty, equality and opportunity. We're not perfect. We have much to improve, uh, but we know how to do this. We also need in moments like this, again, the day after, the day after, January 7th. In 2005, Gaylord Swim may have hit the right diagnosis of the current situation and the right prescription, by the way, for the kind of courage that we need in this country. He said this. He said, the political process requires strong advocates, certainly. But it also takes a counterbalancing sense of humility, civility, and dialogue. We don't talk about that enough. He went on to say the political course often leads to power struggles, pride, vanity, and egocentric ambition ending in acrimony. All too often it manifests itself in strident voices, character assassinations, protest demonstrations, cloakroom deals, and corruption. That was back in 2005. Gaylord Swim got it right. So we have to have the courage to call out hate in all its forms, including contempt and anger, prejudice, and even petty social media slurs. Let's stop it. In the absence of courage, hate leads to a place where fear and frustration foment into rage and even violence. Every American has to call out hate for what it is. And then we all have to do our part to advance meaningful conversations and elevate the dialogue. That's up to we the people. We must also have the courage to not consume or be consumed by any person, any politician, any celebrity, any publication, any news outlet, any social media platform that is peddling contempt and hate as the answer for those we disagree with. Hate and contempt lead to the morally bankrupt idea of superiority and result in dehumanizing other people 
based on politics, on race, religion, gender, orientation, social status, or belief. Uh, I am a firm believer, uh, as Dumbledore said to Harry Potter, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. You see, in my world, courage is not about calling out your enemies. Courage is calling out your friends. And it's time for all of us to take some fresh courage. A good friend of mine reminds me regularly of the words of St. Francis of Assisi, who said, always preach the gospel when necessary, use words. That might be the best description ever given for what we must do in order to improve the direction of the country. And then finally, we need to take action. I'd say it this way, always declare the principles of freedom when necessary, use words. (laughs) Our actions will really determine what comes next for the nation. Words have meaning, and the meaning matters. We're all accountable for our words, hateful or helpful. The test for the American people is to challenge our political parties, our political leaders, and ourselves, and then to demonstrate the behaviors that live up to the principles we profess to believe. You see, our true commitment to freedom will be revealed not by what we declare, but but by what we actually do. So thistles planted in the past have grown as noxious weeds naturally do, but today the country's reaping the whirlwind of contempt, and we should declare the season of thistle planting over so that our children and our children's children can reap the precious fruit found in the blessings of liberty. So it is January 7th. January 6th is important. January 7th matters more because mourning continues to come to America even after the darkest of days. The pain subsides, the light comes, the republic will roll long as long as we the people take note, take heart, take courage, and most important, take action. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here today on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and please, oh please, do something today that'll make a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.